Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 114 of the Galen Trombley Show. I have a, a great guest today, special guest, um, Alex Berry. And we're just going over the, I guess, the terminology, but the licensed New York State associate broker at CDC Real Estate in uh, Rouse's Point. And I think I've known you on and off because we've both been in the real estate space, but 10, how long have you been in 10 years? Yeah, almost, just about. Here, but bring that, yeah. Sorry. There you yeah, go. No, you're just good. about. <laughs> okay. So, um, so Alex, welcome. Thank you. And um, for people that do not know you, kind of give them a little bit of a background, kind of tell them how you got to 2021, Alex Berry. Oh, man. That's, that's 29 years of history there. Um, so, Alex Berry, um, I am a licensed uh, associate real estate broker at CDC Real Estate. Um, I also have two of my own businesses. Um, I'm the owner of Berry & Company, which is a marketing consulting firm also a New York State women business-owned enterprise. And I also own um, Horses in Motion, which is an equestrian academy, um, and that's been in operation since 2009. Um, I'm a somewhat new mother of a two-year-old, and I have an awesome husband at home, and just living the dream. <laughs> so so um, you grew up in Ross's Point? Yes, I did. And where'd you go to school, high school? I, I went to high school at Seton Catholic. Okay. And then I got my... Um, degree in entrepreneurship, my bachelor's at SUNY Plattsburgh. So I think, I don't know if we ever took any, well, what year did you graduate college? College, I actually did my undergrad in three years. So I graduated in 2012. Okay. So we were, we, we were about the same time. Yeah. Um, I think I was about this. Yeah. I think, tw- yeah. 2011, 2012. Um, I didn't take, I don't know if I took any entrepreneurship classes, but did you take, that was your major, you said, yes. entrepreneur? Yeah. How was that as a college profession versus you now owning businesses? <laughs> I want to hear like the, the, the theory of college versus real world. Um, well, it's quite different. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the, the biggest takeaway from college is you learn several ways to do one thing. And I think as an entrepreneur, you would understand that. You know, you have to do what's best for you. What works for you isn't necessarily going to work for the entrepreneur next door, right? So I think college opened my eyes on the many different ways to do things. Um, And then having that practical experience growing up with an entrepreneur like my dad, you know, kind of gave me another point of view of, okay, well, that's all great. And, you know, those are all these great options, but let's figure out what works for you and and. Now, were you, when you went to college, were you automatically set on entrepreneurship? Did you, were you undecided? No, I was set on entrepreneurship. Um, I was set on SUNY Plattsburgh. It was actually the only school I applied to. <laughs> same. Yeah, true story, same one. Yeah. And I, I, knew, um, I knew I wanted to be in real estate, so I sat for my real estate exam right after I graduated. And I worked graduated part- college or graduated high school? Graduated college. Okay. And I worked at CDC as just like an administration per- administrative person throughout college. So I, I'm trying to think like would it overlap because when I went to college, I was undecided. Okay. And mom was a teacher. Dad was in real estate. So I was like, I'm just going to go pick one <laughs> of the two. So I went business 
for a few reasons, and I didn't go into real estate. And I remember telling my dad, I'm not getting into real estate. Like, that's not, I mean, how long has your dad, your dad has been in it? What or was in real estate for how long? Uh, Since the 80s? Yeah, he Maybe earlier? started his business back in 81, 82. Um, but I think the actual CDC real estate was formed. Um, remember, he had his license with your dad for a little, or with Did Kavanaugh. It? Maybe it, before your dad bought Kavanaugh. They, they told that totally could have been the truth. Yeah. yeah. So he had he had his license with Kavanaugh for a while, and then he formed his own. Because yeah, so you and I are very similar, in this, and there's there's only a few people locally that could say this that they've had you know their parent has been second generation real estate within, and there's yeah. like I said, there's probably five or six now if you go through I think the whole you know the whole sphere, but. Um, like I kind of went in telling my dad, like, I'm never going to do real estate. And he was like, that's fine. Like he had no, he never told me to get in real estate. I never wanted to get in real estate. And then midway through college, I was like, this is better than my, my at the time a one to nine job during the summer. So I'm like, I want to go to real estate I, right. like for the benefits. And I had not really good in, you know, reasons to go in. It was very, I always <laughs> say selfish reasons because I just, but um, yeah, going into real estate, I got it while I was in college. So I think I got my license. I started in January 2011 was when okay. I started real estate. And then knowing you, had you had gotten into it um, soon after. Yep. But again, we're we're very different because you guys, are, I, I kind of say like commercial real estate is almost like the wild, wild west at times because you guys are like... It, cause, it feels that way sometimes. Yeah. So like how, how does that... Because again, your guys' moniker is that you don't sell homes and like we've... Correct. Like we can sell commercial, we're, we're willing to sell commercial, but I'd say realistically, ninety nine percent of what I've sold in my career is residential. Right. So, how do you find the difference between commercial? Do you have any interest in residential, or is it purely like that's your niche and you guys just love you know doubling down on that? Um, we don't have any interest in residential, although we were a little jealous of how awesome all of your guys' year was in twenty twenty. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Matt and I were like, man, if we ever did sell homes, twenty twenty <laughs> would have been the year. <laughs> Um, but no, we, we have no interest in residential and the commercial thing kind of comes from the history of CDC. So my father who originally started cross-border development corporation, which was an immigration consulting firm. And what happened was these Canadian companies were coming down and they needed visas. Well, then once they got their visas, they needed real estate, right. To put their business somewhere. So that's how they got into the commercial section. Um, and when, dad, you know, kind of went to Matt and said, Hey, we should do real estate. Like we both really enjoy it and let's make a business out of it. Everyone was kind of like, Oh, wow, that's, that'll be interesting. It's a pretty small market, but that's, that's how it all got started. And we've just kind of continued and, but it's definitely, it's a small market. It's, it's not, um, it's not like the big cities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, well, um, I think one of the fascinating things, and again, I, I've would love to have your father come on next time he's up in the area. Oh my area. gosh, he would love that. Yeah, and and does he visit often? Um, it's been a little harder with COVID, but yeah, he's he's. Uh, I got the only grandson, so I definitely rank high so on a... the, the siblings <laughs> of, of visitation priorities. So yes, he does visit often, and uh, as I'm sure you know, he's writing books now. Yeah. So well, I, I'd love to talk to him because I, I mean I know him very. Um, I knew him a little bit when I was like I said probably early twenties, and then yeah. it, before he moved away and. Um, but I, I mean, I've heard many people talk about, you know, his name is synonymous with the, the, the region's history, yeah. at least I would say in the last 50, I'm not say 50, probably the last what, 30, 40 years that yeah. he's been probably for, yeah, 40 plus now, um, he's been really involved and kind of hearing you kind of have that background because again, growing up, I always look at it, you know, like my dad always told me 
this thing is you're never uh what's the word you're never an expert in your own backyard because you just right. take it for granted so like you know my dad knows a lot Absolutely. i always take it for granted right. where a lot of people look at him as an expert i would look at your dad even though you might take your dad for granted that he knows what he's talking about <laughs> and has done it for a while so how was that growing up like you kind of being in a household what would your mom do my mom was a um, custom supporter protection officer for Okay. over 30 years so okay. i had a government worker and an entrepreneur talk about two polar opposites <laughs> yeah but but did that i mean that kind of merged into your position now you kind of took a little bit of both i would think um, at least no it maybe maybe not with the border but i guess you do deal a lot with canadians yes um yeah in a way for sure and i i'm 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 a i like to think a nice blend of both of them so my mom is my mom has this amazing attention to detail i wish i had more of it but it's both of them have given me traits to, to help. <laughs> so are, are you like, what's like, what's a normal day to day? Like for you, like CDC, like actually I said, I would say actually normal day today with all, all three businesses, all three businesses on a typical day. Um, we did have to shut down horses in motion because of COVID, but assuming that we get that back up and running, um, I'm usually in the office between eight thirty and nine. Um, and then, you know, it consists of, as you know, we, we do a lot of phone talking, right? We're on the phone a lot. It's a lot of emails um, and commercial, unlike probably residential, it's very, um, it's business hours, right? So nine to five, eight to five. Um, and we're talking with other businesses. Um, so, you know, phone calls, emails, a couple showings. Um, and then in the evening, I kind of switch gears, um, put on some barn boots and head to the barn. And I work with special needs children and Play in the barn for a while, and then I come home, and put my baby to sleep. <laughs> so, 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 um, yeah. So, so a normal a normal day, like you said, is trying to like balance all of it because adding in, you know, a mom into that, which you know right. I've seen firsthand. Like I, it's difficult for dad. It's way more difficult for mom. And like, how does that? How do you balance all that? Because that's always that's always something I think parents that work struggle with is trying to have that balance. Um. Well, I don't know if I do a very good job at it, so I'm not sure anybody listening is going to want to take take <laughs> any that I say seriously. Um, I think, I think at least for me, one of the reasons I wanted to go into business for myself or real estate was because of the flexibility it allowed me to be as a parent. Mm-hmm. You know, when my kid's sick, I don't have to worry about docked hours or any big corporate person on my back. Um, so, so that's awesome, and I love that flexibility. And to me, that's worth that's worth its weight in gold. So I think my career choice played a big part in being able to, to be a large part of my child's life. Um, and I think it's just a matter of prioritizing. It's kind of always what it comes down to, right? I got to-do lists, at least six of them going at any given time. <laughs> so Are you, so you're a big list person? I am a huge list person. I, I love crossing things off a so, list. So you're paper and pen we are definitely old school at CDC Real Estate. <laughs> I know this sounds crazy, but I, I, I'm a paper and pen guy when it comes to right? to-do lists. Like I, I, I've like slowly added grocery lists to my phone, oh, so wow. I can go through and delete it. Okay. But I used to write down in grocery lists like produce first, and then I go, I go like a, like a mental image around the grocery store in order, <laughs> so I could just grab and go. That's right. And uh, but now. That's like one of the things I've transitioned over. My to-do list day-to-day literally is sitting on a piece of paper because yeah. I'm, I'm a cross-out guy. My calendar is on paper too. See, I, <laughs> that, that I haven't gotten into. So my mine's definitely digital because I have so many things that 
I've that get digital m- reminders, but okay, because mine get mine get moved. So instead of like crossing right. out and do you pencil everything in, so it's like oh no no. So you cross out and have oh, to like yeah. okay, so with it gets ve- kind of like vengeance depending on what it is. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so at the end of the week, you could have this like really just marked up like date like week at a glance kind of sheet. Yeah, like so you know I I usually like one of the best things I love about Monday mornings is making a brand new to do sheet and whatever was left over Friday like that's at the top of my list and then. Matt and I usually have weekly meetings. I try to do them on Mondays so we can kind of, you know, get yeah. the ball rolling. But yeah, I love a brand new to-do list. That's like <laughs> one of the highlights of my day next to my coffee on a Monday morning. <laughs> well, so I was going to say, so you obviously, you're in real estate, so you drink coffee. Yes. I, think that- I, I am decaf though, which really? I know is shocking to so many people. But Like you've always been or is this like a new? The last like three or four years, I had a lot of stomach issues. So decaf was kind of forced upon me. And, okay. Um. So it's it's probably the placebo effect, I think, is what it's called. But you know, do, do it you? Works. Well, I I always like I can drink decaf because I like the taste of coffee. That's I like sipping I on something warm. Um, I don't think the for some reason I think it's the placebo effect the opposite way that I just if I'm gonna drink coffee, I may as well get the caffeine like boost oh, from absolutely. it to see if it's gonna like I don't know if it. I prob- people will probably tell you I need less caffeine or I need less like <laughs> energy, but I uh, I don't know. I like coffee. This actually place is really. Have you been to this place? No, I've heard a lot about it. High Peaks Brew. Shout and out to I her. Heard something about an iced maple latte, which sounds absolutely amazing. So it's on my list. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say I follow her on like Instagram, and she just posts like yep. in a week like where she's gonna be. So I happened to like drive by on the way here where she was at. So I said perfect. But nice. um, yeah, no, coffee's great. So how does how do you and Matt work together? So you guys obviously, you're, are you the only two people there that I know of, right? Yes. Okay. So how does that dynamic work with you guys both kind of, do you work on your separate deals? You work on deals together? Everything we work on together. Okay. So every email that him and I send out, we're always copied in. Um, we have a big philosophy of four eyes are better than two. Um, and we work as a team on everything. So all the leads, all the deals, um, that's how it's structured. Oh, that's cool. Cause, yeah. um, now, is there, do you have a specific role within that relationship or like, do you do certain things that's like your bread and butter and, or is it? So Barry and company, my marketing company does all of the ads or marketing for CDC. So any ad that you see come out nine times out of 10, I've designed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've created it. Any promotional brochure, those are all things that I do. Um, and I also do all the administrative, um, you know, QuickBooks, that kind of stuff, payments, bills, all of that goes through Barry and company as well. So so CDC contracts with bearing company to do all that. So that that's that's in my realm. But as far as actual real estate leads, deals, that kind of stuff, that's me personally as a broker working with Matt under CDC. So how does how does commercial real estate work in a sense of when you talk about leads and you talk about clientele and you talk about because you're dealing more with businesses because mm-hmm. like I always look at pretty much I deal mostly with residential. The way I get leads, you know, you can get them you know, online, mm-hmm. um, if it's like a subscription thing you pay for, or I get a lot of my leads just honestly through social media and, and now sphere of influence and my friends yeah. and relationships, which takes time to grow. So when I look at like businesses, I, there's still relationships, obviously, like, yeah, you know, definitely. the people, but is there ways that you guys, um, you know, is it mostly relationships? Do you guys find like, do you, cause you're not on the MLS. So that's one thing no. is that I, cause I know you guys send me, mm-hmm. you know, I guess Couple we every like, couple weeks yeah, or so. Yeah, we do like a broker email to everybody. Just kind yeah, of and I like those because I have clients that are always looking for commercial, right. so it's like perfect here. Um, so what do you guys like? How do you go about running um, a commercial only business in an area where, like I said, you guys are on the 
aren't on the MLS, which I would say is pretty rare for Definitely. most real estate places. Um, now, what's your decision not to be on the MLS? Like, is there a reason why? Or um, that's probably more of a Matt question, to be honest. Um, we've just we've never been on it, and you know, I just don't. I'm not sure how much it would benefit us, to be very honest. Um, just with the way. You know, when when you hear about our marketing, maybe that'll make a little bit more sense. But so, you know, business, commercial real estate is really not a ton different from residential. It's, it's all about relationships. And I was fortunate enough to walk into a company that already had established of 20 years of relationships. Um, and some of that stems back from the immigration company. Um, you know, we... We did the, they did the visas for um, all of Bombardier. Um, Matt was part of the site selection group for Novabus. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you think of those companies and all the subs, um, you know, we've had that relationship building for 20, 25 years going on 30. So that's helped a lot. Um, we're big, you know, um, as you mentioned earlier, the, with my dad, with the Canadian connection. Um, so people think CDC, they think immigration, they think real estate, mm -hmm. kind of a one-stop shop. And we still have our sister company, CDC Immigration, that does immigration. Um, and they work out of our same office, too. And then, um, you know, we do go a little old school. We still do quite a bit of print ads. Um, and we do a lot of direct mail. So okay. um, one, of the, one of our biggest tools that we use is... Um, we actually every year go to the county and file a FOIL request to get the list of every owner of every commercial property in the county. Okay. And we can organize that. We can manipulate the list um, in Excel and we send them letters saying, hey, you know, this is CDC Real Estate. If we can help you, you know, so that's that's part of how we get listings um, and, of course, attract buyers. And especially now, you know, you have a, a population, those baby boomers, getting to the point where they're ready to retire or starting to retire and looking to kind of divest of a business. And I, I, I'm always amazed, like, driving around. There's a lot. I mean, you guys have a lot of listings. And, like, it's, at least it seems like that. When it, <laughs> Thank you. And, and, I mean, and, and, well, and, yeah. And, and usually when I, like, you'll start seeing these places and it's like, I, my initial thought when you think commercial real estate I think you guys are the number one company that I think of personally with real estate just Thanks. because it's such like an, that's like your niche that you guys yeah. are good at. And I think a lot of it has to do when you talked about not being on the MLS, like me not being our, like us being not on the MLS is not a good idea. Of course. You guys not being on the MLS is fine because I think where we live, there's only so many options. So, right. you know, I'm like, okay, I'm looking at commercial property. I email you guys. I would say probably once a month with something yeah. that just is like, do you guys have anything that is remotely close to this? And then I just put down on my CRM, literally check in with, you know, CDC on whatever. And maybe right. it's every couple of weeks, once a month, depending on you now, usually once a month, I figure because I still yeah. get updates from you guys. So like that, I, I really, you know, it's not much for me just to send out an email and say, Hey, this is kind of the specifics we're looking for or Sometimes for me, very vague. I like, we were like, you know, what, we totally get it. Yeah, like, what, what do they actually want? I'm like, I don't know. Let me ask them. They just want a storefront. I'll, we'll work on that. So, um, but I always find that you guys do a good job at kind of having that niche, at least, you know, again, me being in the space of real estate and thinking of you guys top of mind of like, yeah. that's the commercial people that I think you guys have obviously made a, you know, a name for yourself that way. And we love working with other brokers. I mean, that's yeah, why you guys we are like great at it. to reach out and, um, and all of that. So, so now, in regards to um, horses in motion, when did that start? I started that my senior year of high school. 
and was that always you said was it special needs children or it's it's totally changed over the years it did not start um as uh, therapeutic riding it kind of morphed into that as i got older as my horses got older that i leased um it's just a little easier on the horses um and just time i mean at one time when it was probably full blown i mean i was teaching 150 kids a month and wow. we did summer camps of 30 kids we did was that like one-on-one lessons? That what? No, I always had assistants. Um, even roped my husband into helping me with special needs children. So, um, so no, it, we do group lessons anywhere from two to three. Um, but we have one-on-one trainers working with with the kids at any time. So, um, but yeah, so it was it was pretty large. It was very time-consuming. And then you know, um, you get married, you start a family. You can't you can't dedicate quite as much time to. Mm-hmm. To horses so it's it slowly morphed um and i i really enjoy working with autistic children or children with special needs it's always been i got into it and i was just like this is this is definitely where i want it's, to take this it's probably i would think it would be rewarding because you probably see the joy from them it's incredibly yeah. rewarding and that it's like i said i think as i've gotten especially with kids now mm-hmm. i feel like anything with kids man i'm like the biggest sucker right. for it like <laughs> I mean, like we did, like we literally had a golf tournament called for the kids. Like yeah. we, we like started a tour. Like it's just, I think a lot of stuff um, stems from that. Now has your son ridden horses yet? Absolutely. I was going to say, he must be up on the saddle. Probably Absolutely. his own little boots and stuff. Oh yeah. I even um, put him in a virtual competition. It was a costume class and we did win second place. So, um, <laughs> you know, low key, very proud of him. He was, uh, he was Frosty the Snowman and his horse was a reindeer. Just, you know, if you so, could visualize that. So how does a virtual horse ride? So that was kind of new this year with COVID. Like virtual um, meaning you just like took a video of him on the yes, horse? Yes, okay. basically, yeah. And I didn't know if it was like VR or something. No, I was like, what is no. he like? This is pretty wild. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, probably a lot safer too, um, right? <laughs> just put a bunch of pillows around yeah. him. Like, just gallop away, kid. <laughs> just bounce up and down every once in a while. Um, yeah, no, it, you took video and you submitted it. Um, and he, does he like it? Riding horses? I mean, yeah, for like 35 seconds. Yeah. You know, then he's there, getting that squirmy like... Yeah, I will lie. There was a lot of lollipops and bribery involved in that second place win, but, you know, we pushed through. The stuff you good. don't see is behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. They just, they just like, let me see the award. You got it, right? <laughs> right? It's like, um, and Eric, I, I'm assuming Eric, you said he, he's involved with he a little bit? He got roped in. I mean, I don't think horses is really his first choice in life, but, but... He seems like a guy to me that would thrive with children. He is amazing with children, and his his job is actually working with special needs children. So, oh, okay, I didn't know that, but yeah. I'm like, if he d- isn't in that, he should go in it because I just know right? he's like, he's like, he's like a big kid. Uh, he's a huge kid. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I love him. Um, <laughs> no, horses was definitely in the marriage contract, so I didn't have much of a say about that. But <laughs> he, when I first met him, he was actually working at North Star um, yep. as maintenance and grounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he started helping me with the horse business and he just, he just did so well that actually one of our clients hired him to work with their son. Really? Yeah. And he's That's just cool. picked up other kids and he's really made a name for himself in this, in that community. Um, a lot of people know him. He's, he's very well respected. He's, he's done an awesome job. He's one of the nicest people I know on this earth. Like I, he's, he, I would totally agree with you. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a great guy. I just remember him from I'm high biased, school and he was, but... yeah, he was, he was such a good, I mean, I mean. I, yeah, good, good guy. He's a good kid at the time. Good, good guy. He was always no. older than me. So he always seemed like this old guy, you know, when he's you're a kid. An and old then, soul, though, for yeah. sure. Oh, he was like, great. I, we always, I still call him Bud because I just that was what we always called him in high school. It was it like took me like two years to understand what people were talking about. Like everybody calls him Bud. I'm like, who is 
Bud? Like, what are they talking about? Oh, really? Yeah. And then, like, finally, someone's like, well, that's his nickname. I was like, no one ever told me this. Oh, yeah. Just, so. I mean, from high school, I, I still call him, that's why I got to say, like, with people that aren't in that space, I call, like, I'll, I'll call him Bud. It's definitely a shazy thing. Yeah. yeah. And, like, to you, I got to start yeah. saying Eric. No, no, like, no. Bud's fine. But, okay. So, as long as you know, yeah, but It's a lot nicer than some of the nicknames I've given him. So, that's, <laughs> he probably appreciates that. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so what, what what's some other things that you were involved in? Because I'm looking at here, board of directors at the chamber, yes, um, executive committee, co-chair of government affairs. Like, yeah, I think for you said you're 29. Yes. So, and this and this is not like this is new stuff to you. You've been doing this for a while. Like, how did you, as I said, a young professional? I think out of a lot of the young professionals I know, you are very much accelerated in the realm of people that you've worked with. Um, how did that take place? How do you find being a young person in, you know, probably at a table where people are almost twice your age? It's really nerve wracking. Okay. If you really want to know. <laughs> do, do you keep it together though? Pretty good. I try to, I mean, people tell me I do, so I'm doing it right. But, it, um, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's very nerve wracking. Um, I probably shouldn't admit that on this, but it is, it's, it's nerve wracking being usually the youngest person in the room and also sometimes not one of the only females too. Yeah. Um, so it, it does. It does make you nervous, but, um, you know, I've, as my dad said, I always need a swift kick of uh, confidence every once in a while. So that's, that's definitely one of my personal development goals over the years. Um, but to answer your question, I guess, um, I'm fortunate that, you know, I'm, you know, I work with Matt who I think is just one of, one of the best businessmen I know in this area. And I think he has an amazing reputation. Um, I think my dad did too. So I Mm -hmm. think that certainly helps. Um, and I think, you know, um, CDC has always been a huge advocate of the chamber. Um, we've always been involved. Matt was on the board. My father was on the board. Mm-hmm. My dad was actually on the board when they hired Gary Douglas. <laughs> it was, so Gary came in the other day and my dad was here. My dad was on the board, the same board that hired him, but yeah, I, okay. I believe your dad was the chairman at the time or very close to yeah, it right on that time. I couldn't remember if it was Gary was talking him about it. or I know Herb Carpenter was on there too. Yep, Those were two names that came up. Yeah. So, um, Man, that's that's crazy when you really think about it. And now it's like the new generation. Well, Gary said he goes, and they're still regretting it to this day. So I'm like, well, I, 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 I doubt Yeah, I was going to say, I doubt much. anybody. I think if I high-fiving that they found him. Yeah, but. absolutely. Um, no, so, you know, just I think networking, being involved in the chamber really helped for sure. Um, and then again, we work with businesses, right? So that's what we do day in and day out. So you make those connections over the way and or along the way and you know it's all about those relationships that's really what our business is about now what's being in a position where you know a lot of people what do you find is the key to good networking or good relationship building i have a couple ideas that really popped to me the last couple uh, probably five years which i've like i noticed a growth with my relationships mm-hmm. have you found has anything clicked or you just like go in and like don't even think about it now and just, like I don't think about it now but like at the point when you look back like oh that makes sense like right? I, I think um I think one of the biggest things is just always being able to listen mm-hmm. you know I I've gotten told many times like oh you're so quiet I'm like yeah but I want to listen I want to know what what you want out of this experience what you want out of this relationship so I can make sure that I'm achieving those goals um so I think listening is really important um I I also think just overall communication right you know being honest i think Mm -hmm. is a really big thing especially in a small town like you just can't afford to not be an honest person Mm -hmm. it's too small of a market it's too small of a town and um silly enough handwritten thank you notes 
which I totally get from uh, my dad, but mostly my mom, because she still nags me to this day if I don't send thank you outs out in a proper time frame. Mm -hmm. Um, I think those make a big impact. Um, And I've had a few people, um, including Herb Carpenter, who came up to me once and just thought the world of that, that I sent him a handwritten thank you note. And I, I consider him another huge mentor in the business world. He's just an absolute renaissance man. Um, and that stuck with me that it, that it resonated so much with him. And I try to try to do that and not as often as I should, but I try to, <laughs> I, I usually send, I try to send stuff out depending on the case. The, I, I usually, I send stuff. I have a couple that just with, that I'm probably a week or two delayed that I'll have mm-hmm. to write just because getting kind of back from the, the, the child. But, um, yeah, I think I always I still to this day, if I get it, actually, you can see there's a box up there that says thank you cards yeah. somewhere. I actually <laughs> keep, if you write me a letter, I keep it. I remember I was going through some stuff. People were like, why do you have those? I'm like, I just like them because if I look back at them, you know, it's kind yeah. of a nostalgic thing and they don't take a lot of space. They're just like a little, like they stack Absolutely. up and each year you're probably going to only add like a half an inch or an inch worth of cards. So, um, but I, I look at that. If I get a handwritten note from somebody, it stands out a little bit more. I agree. You can have, I had a very nice email from somebody this past week. Um, and it means a lot. You still like, we keep the email, but there's something where someone went to the, you know, the trouble of writing, putting a stamp on it, putting it, hand delivering it. Like, I think there's a lot more, that's why like getting Christmas cards is something special. Cause you don't, it's like the only time of year you get cards from people. Right. And you know, I try to, we have a weird, I save every card people send. So I actually get like a gallon Ziploc bag. I write the year on it (laughs) That's cool. and I stuff all the cards in throughout the whole year why i don't know i may never look back at it. i think mostly it's because of cards like me and my wife will give to each other mm-hmm. that i want to keep that's yeah. that they're in there somewhere but it's nice to look back and be like oh here's stuff from her wedding here's stuff from you know his first birthday and like i, I keep all of my son's cards yeah so I, I totally get that yeah i don't know it's like a i probably it's always one where i look at them like it's i'll not, probably never look through them but no. i'm like ah, it's just nice to know that they're there if but i wanted yeah, to it's another box that takes up space <laughs> exactly <laughs> Speaking of real estate, right? Just like everybody else, you don't have space. Um, now, the the other thing, so Barry and Company Marketing Service, um, a certified woman in business enterprise. So mm-hmm. is that, that's an obviously a distinction that you get or a designation that you get? Yes, it's a, cert- a certification that you get through New York State. Now, the, so I, I kind of look, because now we're starting to see more women in business kind of come into mm-hmm. the fold. And I'm one of those, I, I've never thought it, I've always been around females like in my, like I had two sisters. I, you know, I always worked with females. I like, we have probably 70% of the people that work here female. Like it just, it doesn't seem like anything different to have it, but I know that, you know, in some places it's like still new to, like I saw today on the news that the mayor of Paris was going to get fined for hiring too many women. And I looked at him like, what is it all? Like, if it's one thing, if it's like she's just going out for a woman, but it was like 11 women and five men. I'm like, well, I always look at if the 11 women are at 11 best people for the position, they should right. be hired. It's not and like the same philosophy. Yeah. So like, I never look at anything as like black and white. I'm just like, right. whoever's best, if it's, you know, six next case, 16 guys or 16 girls, if they're the better ones, put them on. Absolutely. Um, so how have you, have you found, you know, is that something that you focus on? Is that something that you really take pride in? Is that something that you... You know, do you find that being in a position, I think that historically, especially commercial real estate, that's probably very male dominant. Mm -hmm. Um, How have you found that being, again, a young professional, young female professional coming into that space? I mean, I'm really fortunate that I haven't encountered, you know, a lot of issues being a Mm -hmm. female in my, 
in my uh, line of work. I mean, there's always going to be a few people who would rather talk to, you know, Matt than me for whatever reason. Um, you know, and that's, it's not fun, but you know, it is what it is. Um, and you know, and, and I think having someone like Matt and I'm sure, you know, a lot of your female counterparts feel the same way about you too. Just having someone that respects women and, you know, is, has that philosophy where, you know, as long as you're doing your job, I don't really care what sex you are. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm very fortunate to be surrounded by people who feel that way. So I, I probably haven't, um, felt it as much as maybe somebody else, um, from a different place. I also think the North country is just a bit ahead of its time in that regards in many things. Um, I mean, our business community is just amazing. I mean, yeah. when you really look, especially this past year in 2020, I mean, how, the business community came together and, and no one cared, you know, what color skin you had or what sex you were. Like we just came together. We wanted to help and we wanted to keep thriving as an overall community. And I think that speaks a lot to, to all of that. Yeah. Our, our, like our business community, I think is like you said, it stands out. And I think there's a Absolutely. reason why a lot of people go away, but you see a lot of people come back to the area and like, mm-hmm. it, and of course, you know, I think we, you grow up as a kid, like maybe in high school, and people are like, oh, "I want to get out of this place." I'm right. like, "Well, it's not a, one. It's not a bad place. A lot of it is your your uh, what's the word? Your uh, uh, an emotion, but your your um, the way you see the world, kind of thing. Like yeah, the way you the spin the perspective. There, thank you. The, what you see of of the area, and I said, if you just put a positive spin on it, it's be positive. If you just if it's Absolutely. doom and gloom, it's doom and gloom. And I think I always had a pretty upbeat feeling of the north country as i'm sure you you know have in yeah. the sense that we've we've been townies for many years you know <laughs> right? our lifetime that. and uh, but i look at it like i have no intention of ever moving same and it's kind of one where one like family originally kept me here because like again right. with kids i you know i want to be near grandparents you know and, and uh they're it, best babysitters yeah they're great and they <laughs> they want to <laughs> babysit so right. the uh <clears throat> but and it's they're free <laughs> yeah yes exactly so the uh so the idea that you know, now being more in the business sphere and really seeing, you know, you're always going to have negative in certain spots. So you're always going to have negative people everywhere you live. But like when you look at the positive people here, I think the positive people far, far, far outweigh any negative we have. Yes. And you just got to find them. And I think that really I've dove more into the chamber over the last few years and mm-hmm. really have, again, met a lot of phenomenal people. I always joke like this is what, 114, <clears throat> probably 80 80 of the 114 have been people I've met since probably in the last three to five years. Yeah. And a lot of that's through chamber networking and, mm-hmm. um, the business community So back to our original point is I think it is a very inclusive, um, Absolutely. where I think people look at what you've done and what you're doing and the person you are and they reward you or they give the respect to the person that earns it from Absolutely. what you've done and your hard work. And yep. I find that, and that, like I said, I don't, I don't think anybody's really given much up here. Like I don't, I don't look at, you know, me being like my dad being in real estate or your dad being in real estate. I don't think that that, like, yes, might people be more aware of us because like, oh, you're Joey's son or Mark's son yeah. or Mark's daughter. But I don't think that has really carry much weight. I think my dad be, my dad has given me, and I've told people this, like in a, this is my 11th year has given me one listing in 11 years <laughs> a one listing lead and it was a house up in redford that never sold because he didn't want to it was like this little dinky house up in redford and he didn't want to go do it and i was like he's like i just don't feel like traveling up there so i was like thanks dad so i think people think that like you're gained all this stuff from being like a second generation i'm like i've had to work my tail off right you know 
along with him obviously doing stuff and i'm sure like the same thing it's not because you're mark's daughter they're just like lining up and like oh we got to work with alex now it's like you got to make a name for yourself now you're also the you have what three brothers Uh, yes i'm one of four are you the youngest nope second youngest okay so how was it growing up in a house full full of boys (laughs) must i'm I'm assuming you're pretty tough (laughs) i don't know about that but um no it was fun i have i have great brothers um the funny thing about that, though, um, going back to like how we kind of got into business was my father always thought it was going to be one of the boys that took on the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he you know started with my oldest brother, whose also name is Eric, um, and that just I think he said he fired him twice. So you know that <laughs> obviously didn't work well. He's now incredibly successful. He's a VP of marketing for um, a global company, done very well. Lives in Florida. And then he moved on to my second older brother, who's Oliver, who uh, just graduated from law school and passed his bar. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he's a lawyer out in Indiana, doing very well. And he's actually starting to take over um, his own company, a boutique lobbyist firm. Um, And Oliver, at like 16, came into my dad's office and was like, yeah, dad, I've learned all I'm going to learn here. I'm going to go work someplace else. Like, I'm, I'm good. So he skipped right over me. And went to my younger brother, Savvy, who, <laughs> <laughs> um, I love my, my little brother, Savvy, but, uh, business is not his forte. People is not necessarily his forte. He, um, he actually just moved to Indiana, but previous to that, he was a, um, advanced EMT at the hospital. Very good EMT. Um, you know, great, calm and, you know, scary situations mm-hmm. when you need a steady hand, but, you know, dealing with people every day in and out you know, trying to negotiate just, he's a bit more like my mom kind of like, are you kidding me right now? Very low tolerance for stupidity. Yeah. Um, so eventually he realized I was the only one left and you know, (laughs) the only one still working there every summer and snow day to make money. And he's like, Oh, maybe you would like business. I was like, really? What gave that away? (laughs) And, uh, so it's a running joke in our family now. He's like, I should have known, like you used to kick my butt in monopoly when you were like 10 or 11. He's like, you were so good with numbers and finance and everything. But yeah, so he totally, totally passed me over. Um, but my brothers are all great. Uh, we, we have a very close-knit family. Um, and growing up with them was, was a lot of fun. We were never bored. The, um, did you play a lot of Monopoly? Yeah, we did. <laughs> so, so, you know what's crazy? So I have, I have Monopoly up there. It's not opened. It's up on the top shelf there. And we did a thing here with all the agents who were like, kind of do this like Q&A thing. I was like, what's your favorite game? 90%, 90%, including myself, said Monopoly. Fun fact about Monopoly, I've only played Monopoly once or twice in my life, and I never played it by the rules. So we kind of had the rules. It was loose. What? Loose rules. What? I don't think, I've never played Monopoly probably the way the rules write, and I've always wanted to play, but I always ask people, do you want to play Monopoly? People are like, no. Like takes too long. It does blah, blah. take long. And I'm like, who cares? Like sit down, start whatever, get a drink, coffee, whatever you want to do, and just play it. Like just like yeah. let it roll. And nobody wants to play it, but it's everybody's favorite game. So I bought it, thinking, hey, we'll have like a game day. Yeah. We'll start like an afternoon and just play. <laughs> let me know. I'll come over. Yeah. So like, <laughs> but everybody's like, no, it just takes too long. I'm like, I got a conference room. I got the board. <laughs> we can play this. We can make this happen. And nobody's wanted to do it. And I think when we were playing, when I was a kid, I remember playing at my friend's house with his family. And it was like 
we were playing loose rules. Like you were playing the rules, but then you were like doing side deals. Like you would do like side what? stuff that wasn't part. Side deals. So it was, it was sitting there. Like you would sit there and like bribe. And I say bribe, but you were like doing like negotiations <laughs> on the side. Like give me this, give me this, and yeah. Like and I, of course I love that stuff because like my mind was like running, <laughs> right. which is probably you know I should have gotten real estate back then, but. Um, I just think that Monopoly is one of those games I would love to. I've never actually like played it, but it, I always say it's my favorite game because I like the concept of yeah. Monopoly. No, it's we used to play it on camping trips, like when it would rain. So oh, that's awesome. That's you know you're stuck in a camper, right, with nothing to do. We'd play Monopoly or um, Christmas time too, and we were big on Scrabble as well. Those were our two like family. Scrabble's fun. Yeah, I liked Risk. Yeah, Risk was like the it was like a well, I think I like strategy games. Okay, and. Actually, I want to say this is a fun fact. This we kind of this is a running joke in our family that Christmas 2019, mm-hmm. so three months before the pandemic, my brother-in-law, who's in, in epidemiology, came up. So me, Gina, my in-laws, so Jerry, um, Helene, and then Aaron and his wife played Pandemic, which was a board <laughs> game. And so this is like your fault, is what you're uh, yeah. So that's that's basically it. So we played this game called Pandemic in January, in December of 2019. Not thinking anything, it was just like he was an epidemiology. He had this game called Pandemic. Then you started playing this game, and it is, I mean, scary as a board game because you're sitting there and like, what happened? It's almost one where if you don't, um, you have to do certain things, and people have cards and they have certain like special powers. Which mm-hmm. your special power might be like you can move here, which might put you closer to putting out like. A, like a brush fire of the pandemic kind of thing or right. a, a localized fire. But then what happens if you don't, all of a sudden you pull a card and like three more things get dropped on the board. So it's almost like, it's like wildfire it catches like this. So it's like, you got to be quick to like <laughs> Put out the fires. contain the pandemic. And it's kind of crazy. Cause like, Oh, we just, we're going to lose. We can't. So it's almost one. You can see it's inevitable that you're going to lose the game. <laughs> and uh, so it kind of makes you like, it's a board game, but it, like it gets your heart racing because you're like, ah, we got to figure out like, hurry up, we need this correct card to like put it out. But um, I'll have to look into that one. Pandemic, that it's interesting. it's actually it was kind of fun, but it was a strategy game. So like, my head was like, I liked, I picked up on it quick, but then you start going and like trying to figure out what's the best tactic to put so out. Sounds the, like chess. You got to be like six moves ahead. Yeah, yeah. And then, see, like I like chess, but I, I think if anybody anybody that plays chess that if they played me would kill me at chess. Oh yeah. Like I know how to play. I'm not yeah. good at playing. Same. But Same. it's always one, if I see it, I would play it. And and uh, I, I want to, when my kids get older, I want to play more board games. Because I didn't, yeah. we played some as kids, but I haven't played in years. But board games are fun. Absolutely. Cards are fun too. I like, I guess like uh, Rummy was always my game. Do you guys ever play Hearts? Heart, I was just going to say, Hearts yeah. is probably my second favorite. And I forgot how to play. We play that a lot in our house. I don't enjoy it, playing it, but I love to watch because. It's only four players, right? Well, you, as long as you have teams of two. So you can okay. make it as many players. But I l- always love to see my family do it because like the dynamic, like my oldest brother, Eric, is so much like my mom. So when they're on the same team, like it's just, it's the funniest thing. Like it usually ends up with somebody getting really upset. But it's, oh, I, like, I it's thought just, you meant that like it just vibed and oh, it just no, made it happen. God, no, 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 <laughs> They're too much alike to vibe. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's usually yeah, a lot of fun. So like opposite to track. So it was like the opposite. Yeah. It was like a North and a North magnet just kind of fighting each other Basically, out there. Basically, yeah. The, uh, it, yeah, so my, the, um, the magnet thing, my kids have like magnet tiles. Have you okay. ever heard of those? Yeah. It's like building blocks of magnets. It's really cool, but like yeah. you get to the part where it doesn't go and it just like does this thing. <laughs> and I'm like, why is it not connecting? Yeah. Um, so, so um, the other thing is, I know we talked about it, but I always, I'm always curious from people that are in like a business, especially when you make your own schedule, how do you, how do you structure, you have an agenda. I know you said that, but like, 
how do you structure your schedule day to day? Like, are you someone that like, do you put certain things in certain parts of the day, certain days of the week? I know you mentioned like you like meeting with Matt on Monday. Do you just go with the flow? Like, do, um, do you have a perfect week kind of set that like, I know obviously yeah, is, closing every day. That's yeah. a perfect week. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> um, I don't think I have any, um, super strict thing. I do. I do like to make sure we get a weekly meeting in. Um, and when things get really busy too, that's important for me to have a meeting with Matt, just so we both are prioritizing what we need to prioritize and on the same page, as far as showings and stuff. I mean, we're pretty, we're a pretty lean and mean team. So, um, you know, we, we split up more often than not, um, to cover more ground. Um, but we, we try to, you know, we try to make sure people are taken care of within 24 hours. I mean, that's, that's positive. I mean, into a showing. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if we get a call, you know, today saying, Hey, I want to check out this building. I mean, we'll, we'll make it as pop, try to make it, you know, as soon as possible. We don't like to sit on those things. Um, you know, every once in a while, cause our offices are in Rouse's point, we'll try to combine a couple things, you mm-hmm. know, for coming to Plattsburgh on Wednesday and someone wants to see a show, you know, someone wants yeah. to see something on Wednesday, we'll try to time it when we're already in town. So we're not making six trips to Plattsburgh a day. But, yeah. um, other than that, no, it's kind of just as it comes in and. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of the like beginning of the day. I try to keep my call like on business stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'm my pro, I call it proactive work, meaning it's my yeah. outbound stuff. And then my inbound stuff, which is emails, text calls, stuff like that. I try to focus that on the afternoon, uh, late morning, early afternoon, and then appointments in the afternoon okay. in a perfect world. Obviously right. it's subject to change. Like when I asked you, I'm like, when do you want to do the podcast? Cause it's kind of being fair to your schedule. Like I can do morning, I can do afternoon. And then, right. you know, I try to do it ahead of time. So then you're like, okay, morning. So that's fine. I got an, I got an appointment, yeah. I think at two, and then I have another one office meeting. So like my schedule is just like, my, I have a perfect, like we said, perfect week, but it's of very course. subject to change. Cause someone, you know, you're dealing with other people's schedule and you want to accommodate exactly. and, and you never know, like, I, I feel like, and I'm sure it's somewhere in your business too, like you can go from zero to 60 within a couple hours. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So like, uh, like yesterday's a perfect example. Like it started out so quiet and then all of a sudden it was like three or four calls and three or four leases that needed to be done. I mean, we're literally working on a lease right now that we talked about on Monday and they're moving in on Saturday. Wow. Right. So, and you know, you got to get insurance and lease stuff. So you know, stuff like that. I mean, you can have a perfect schedule, but when you got a lease deal like that, that needs to be moved in fast and for a decent amount of space, you can't really sit on it. So, like our, our, yeah. So in the residential world, that's like a house coming on. That's very popular. So right. if you told me, I know exactly what happened. If you have a house that comes on for $200,000 in the town of Plattsburgh mm-hmm. today, my schedule tomorrow has three appointments oh, already. It. And like when I look at it, I'm like, oh, I don't have much tomorrow. So I'm going to plan on working on this tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow morning. That could be thrown completely out the door. Like I said, by something Absolutely. hitting the MLS, like why we're, why we're talking. And all of a sudden I just get a bunch of texts saying, can yeah. I get in? Can I get in? And that is, yeah, that that's part of why Nick's here. Cause she logistically runs my schedule. Cause I just, it's tough for me to do right. that and everything else. So, um, but yeah, the perfect world in real estate doesn't exist. No, I try no. to be very strict. Um, I even try to like get home at a certain time, but it's subject to, you know, mm-hmm. people want to see stuff after they're done work. And that's for us, it's that's hard. our work day just gets extended to six, seven, eight, nine, well, not nine, nine in the summer I've been, but I yeah. try not with kids now. I try to get home earlier, but, um, and we're fortunate. Yeah. We don't have a ton of 
late night showings like that just because we're working in business hours and that's that's the one thing i would say i'm jealous of you guys at. like if my phone would come like for the most part do you like say five o'clock hits are you pretty much off the clock like you don't get a lot of posts a ton i mean i still i would say matt and i are still checking our emails till at least i'm checking my emails most of the time till six whether i'm Mm -hmm. at the office or not um Matt has a tendency to work a little bit later than I do, so he's probably sometimes there till five thirty six. Okay. Um, but again, you know, he doesn't have any little kids at home. I, you know, he can borrow mine if he wants. Yeah. Get out a little earlier. <laughs> he can deal with that. Uh, we can trade. But um, so yeah, I mean, you're never. I mean, you know, if you're in your own business, you're never off the clock. <laughs> you're always checking emails. But I'm usually out of the office by four, anywhere between four and five, depending. Sometimes that's, I'll go back in and bring my son with me, and he chills with me. While yeah, I that's. Up. I think that's a good balance, and that's the one thing I wish that my hours were more business related. But mm-hmm. we, like you said before, it does provide us the flexibility that if we need to take off or something, or yeah. you know, and, and in the future when our kids get more involved in, you know, whatever sports or dance or you know horseback riding, whatever they get <laughs> into, like. No, I can take the time off and do that at a, right. you know four o'clock on a Wednesday, and I don't feel like I'm missing anything. And yeah. um, so I mean, it's it's uh, it's kind of a blessing and a curse, but I think I would take it over telling me to be eight to five every day at a place, and I'm like, I, I don't run off that. I, I like like having the freedom to same here. So it, it it's beneficial, but I think it's it, it does add a layer of complexity when your For phone's sure. ringing and text. But I think I've most people start to respect it when you kind of set the expectation of like. Hey, thanks, or hey, I'm with my kids tonight. If you right. want to text me, it won't be till like nine before I can text you. If it's not pressing, I'll get it to it first thing in the morning. And they're Absolutely. usually pretty chill. It's yeah. more, yeah. So, um, now, what was oh, there was one other thing I wanted to started. Um, what was the question I was going to ask here? So the government of okay, yeah, the committee of government affairs. What is that exactly? Like, I don't. I'm not really familiar with that. When you, the executive committee is. Co-chair so, of government affairs. Yeah, so, and I'm actually the chairperson now, not that it makes that much of a difference. Um, so the the chamber just has different committees. So there's an industrial <clears throat> council, which handles, you know, um, their NAMTRANS, um, you know, the, the Advanced Manufacturing Institute, you know, that kind of stuff. So government affairs, my job is really just to keep everybody updated on the different government issues and the hot topics that are pressing. So, and all the government events. So like there's a, um, I think there's a, a virtual meeting with uh, Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer yep. next Friday. Yeah, just so, registered for that. Yeah. Yep, so that would be an event that, you know, I would I would attend if it was in person or I will attend virtually um, and update, you know, the committee and other committees and um, of course the whole entire board on that. And so different things like that. Um, and then he's got, I just had a board meeting this morning. I should remember all the events, but <laughs> there's a bunch more. The chamber is nonstop. It's a, it's a workhorse for sure. So there's, there's tons of great events coming up. Um, there's the state of the county. Yep. Wednesday. Yes. Yep. That one's one of my favorites. I like that yeah. one a lot because it's a great update locally. I was talking to uh, Cashman yesterday, two days ago, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going. I mean, I'm attending. I'm yeah, attending. right? Yeah, so. Right? Yeah, and then they have the, the legislative one with uh, someone named Billy Jones Steck. And um, I think Matt Simpson is the new, is the other one. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's an assemblyman. Um, I never really, I've never gone to that one. I probably should, but I always I, I always do the state one. Yeah. The state of the county, whatever you call it. So yeah. um, now, um, okay, I'm trying to blink. Um, 
I'm just gonna ask. You. Oh, COVID with COVID right now. How was that affected with the border being closed with you guys? Like one, obviously, I mean, you got to be up to date. Yeah. And the chamber's done a great job at staying up to date, but Absolutely. also how how is how has it affected you guys commercially within your business? Um, I mean, it certainly hasn't helped. Um, but you know, we're we're trying to get creative. Um, you know, we've done a few showings via zoom or facetime with a couple of our canadian clients but it's it's hard because you know it, it's not necessarily i don't want to say that it, it it's killed deals because i i don't think that's necessarily accurate but it's it's delaying things mm-hmm. so um you know there were a couple when when that shutdown happened and when the border closed i mean everything kind of froze right or for 60 days yeah. for a couple months mm-hmm. um so everything got pushed back and you know the longer that the borders close the longer those things are pushed back so a canadian company that you know wanted to put a spot in the u.s they really are holding back until that borders back open so a lot of them still have like intent to do so like i think so because i think our our countries are just too intertwined not Mm -hmm. to be um so you know that that canadian connection is always going to be there we're you know my dad and matt always say we're in the business of selling our zip code when you got to start a U.S. location and Montreal is your main operation, there's really no point in going all the way out to Texas to do it when you could be 45 minutes from your operation, right in Nassau's Point or Plattsburgh. Yeah, and I think when I was talking to Gary, I mean, he was, of course, Gary's telling like the history of like in the thought process behind mm-hmm. it, and it's just it like he said, Montreal's U.S. suburb is what yep. he, he refers to it as, and it's it is pretty incredible when you think of that, and um, I think he said was it 50 something companies or close to 57 or something that are Canadian-based companies in Clinton County? I bet you it's like 150. Is it more than that? Maybe Absolutely. maybe it was manufacturing, he said. It was some number that he was talking about, the number, or maybe, oh, sorry, I know what it was. It was the number of transportation companies are, is oh, around 57, yes. but the number of Canadian companies, I think he said was like eight or 9,000 people are employed by a Canadian-based yes. company. Yep. And for a county of, that's basically 10% of our county, Right. it's a lot of people that, and that's ten percent of. That's not even. That's the county. That's not of the workforce. So. And that doesn't even include all your tourist things that are, uh, you know, yeah. largely run by or you know, um, propelled by Canadians. Now, does the Canadian the uh, how does the interest rate with the affect the Canadian dollar for you guys? Like, does that stop? Because I find that it stops us residentially. You don't see as many when the Canadian dollar gets weak. When I talk to a lot of Canadian clients. A lot of them, like right now, obviously, because the border shut down, but a lot of them hold out when the, uh-huh. the money's not as good. So it's it's not, it, it, it changes. So, you know, when the Canadian dollar drops, bringing the business over here and making your money in U.S. funds is kind of great. When you bring it back, you get more money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side of that, when the Canadian dollar drops, you don't see quite as many people here shopping. Um, although, you know, our, our dollar and the Canadian dollar have been so close in the last couple of years, you don't, you don't really see the big dips that you used to see, but, um, so it's kind of inversely. Um, and then of course, when the Canadian dollar is better, you know, investing in the U S is a little bit more palatable too. So it, it really depends on the company, but it can, it can work for us either way. Um, yeah. Cause I, now do, what percentage of your clients are U S versus Canadian? If you had to guess. Um, I would say Canadian, but you probably deal more with the U.S. clients. I think it's a pretty good. I mean, I, I would say it's it's probably sixty U.S. forty Canadian, okay. percentage wise. Because you think you know, anytime um, a, a Nova bus, a Bombardier, um, 
you know, any of their subs, Spencer ARL, um, Elegance Coating. I mean, those are all Canadian companies. Champlain Plastics, that's a Canadian company. Um, there, there's so many Canadian-based companies here that we almost don't think about it. Just because we're dealing with a local Plattsburgh person doesn't mean that the decisions aren't being made mm-hmm. elsewhere in Canada. So I would say 40% of that. And then 60%, we do a lot of work with um, 3PL businesses, warehousing, manufacturing, that kind of stuff. Um, so it's well- a... What percentage is Clinton County based or say Northern New York based? What percentage is like, I would say out of maybe the, the tri-county area? I would say most of our stuff is in Clinton County. That's definitely our home base. Um, or, or sorry, I'm not uh, listings, but um, buyers or, or lease people that are leasing or. Um, it can vary. It can really depend on the year, but I would still say a good chunk probably 80 to 90% is within Clinton County. Okay. But like we just, um, we have a, a new company actually that's coming to town um, who purchased a warehouse from us or about to, it's supposed to close on Friday. Um, and they're actually out of Pennsylvania. Okay. So, so that was a new one for us. We haven't. Yeah. I, I, that actually, I was expecting you to say more out of the area coming in. So like I said, this is like the commercial just, yeah, we're in real estate, but like people, I don't think realize the, the difference sometimes in residential and commercial mm-hmm. that there is a, you know, it's kind of like people that work with leases and stuff. It's, yeah. you know, it's different than residential selling and different, um, you know, psychology and different, like, cause again, more, re- uh, emotional versus more number driven. And right. do you find that the, that aspects better that you don't have to deal like what? What do you think the emotional level is in a commercial deal? Is it truly a lot less than yeah. in residential? Okay, I was, that's what I thought. I just want to make sure I wasn't. You still get a touch of it, you know, like when you're working with um, with people who are selling a business mm-hmm. with the real estate. That's when it becomes a little bit more personal, a little bit more emotional. Or, um, you know, I don't want to categorize, but when you have older couples who are selling something who's been in their that's been in their family for years or mm-hmm. you know, they've run this business, it's their heart and soul and they're closing it down and now they gotta sell the real estate. You know, sometimes it's that can get a little emotional and, you know, that kind of stuff. But for the most part it's pretty it's pretty black and white. It's corporate decisions. It's we need this, this and this and this is what I want. Well I think I think the other thing with that is the idea that if it's a small company, like you said, it's it's everything they put like everything yeah. into. But the other thing is a lot of the people that are selling, I think would have the same mindset as people buying. So it's like, they're very realistic people that are like, okay, like I get why they're only offering this. Cause the numbers, let's do all the, like the numbers make sense versus like residential. I always like you, you say it nicely to people, but <laughs> nope. Like but at the end of the day, nobody really cares about the memories that you have in the house. Like you do. And I respect that, but we have know. a very similar conversation with do a lot you, of yeah. commercial. Uh, well, and it's, it's that conversation of, well, I realize that you put this much into this building, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that's what the market's going to pay for it. Yep. So it's a little bit of a, I don't want to say reality check. Cause I feel like that's really harsh, but I think part of our job is m- making sure that our sellers have, very clear understanding of what the market is going to offer them and making sure that their expectation level is where it should be. Yeah. So do you find that, um, cause I say this a lot to agents, it's managing expectations. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's just the, it's the, like the funny thing with our business is we don't own anything. We're service, right? You know, and that's, that's one of the, the idea is, is that our job really is communication and our job is really, it's a service-based industry. So, mm-hmm. 
that's why I always look at it. I hate the term salesperson because you're, I guess we're both considered associate brokers, so it sounds a little nicer than licensed salesperson, but <laughs> right. I don't I don't like the idea when it says licensed real estate salesperson because I get it, we're selling, but I hate the term sale. I'm a, I'm a terrible salesperson. So am I. Because I, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I get like the Irish, I, like, the Irish guilt. Like I have a conscience where I'm like, Honestly, I know I can go lower. Let me. I'm just like I, I would. Hate, I, I can never haggle somebody if I'm selling it. Like I don't go to garage sales. I'm not like if I'm a garage yeah. sale person. I'm like I don't care. Honestly, what does a dollar take it? Like yeah, no, nope, I'm with you. And but I find that as soon as I flip the script and I'm like, okay, you're not a salesperson. I'm a consultant. I'm a advisor. I'm mm-hmm. someone that's going to help you with my knowledge base. Allow you to like I look at what's your goal. Okay, this is your goal. I have the knowledge to get you to your goal. Yep. This is going to work out because I'm going to help you. Because then I feel like I have a vested interest. I always look at if I if you go to like a car salesperson, like right. I know you can go back to the finance, but like I, you guys are selling me right. something. And I get there's some balance, but at the end of the day, I'm negotiating with you guys, not with, I find that it's nice that we're a buffer. Mm-hmm. And I also find that I technically don't really make the decision. The client does. Right. And that makes me feel a little better because just give me, what do you want? <laughs> and I'll fight for it. But like I, you know, and I give them advice obviously, but right. it's uh the managing expectation part and the part that it's more of a consulting, looking out for the best interest of the person and trying to help them accomplish their goal, not, hey, I'm going to be a sleazy guy and go and like smooth talk into buying this house. I'm like, I've never seen anybody be talked into buying a home. Like <laughs> right? it's a pretty big purchase. Like you can talk Absolutely. me into buying this coffee. You're not going to talk me into buying a house. Absolutely. So, um, no, so, I think that's a really good way of putting it. Absolutely. Now, do you think what... Le- <laughs> Do you think that you have a bachelor's slash master's degree in psychology? So funny. I got my <laughs> master's in communication. And when I went to get my master's, I was talking with my dad. I was like, man, I really want a master's in psych. He's like, what are you going to do with a master's in psych? I was like, you were in real estate for 20 years. I was like, a master's in psych would be really useful in this business. Um, but ultimately, I ended up doing communications, which had a psychology component Element. to it. Um you know, not, nothing in depth. I'm not going to start quoting Freud or anything like that, but enough where like you kind of, you know, you learn different ways to approach different situations, which was really good. Um, it also really helped improve my writing and, you know, in the world where emails is everything, it's mm-hmm. really important that you make sure those emails are conveying the message you want and not misrepresenting how you're speaking. Um, so I think, I think that helped a lot. And I think, you know, like you said, you know, our job is to manage expectations, but our job we also look at is to manage any surprises. You know, we yeah. want to make sure we're six steps ahead of, of that deal. So we want to make sure, okay, there's no surprises at closing. The lawyers are all on the same page, the buyer seller, everything. Now, how long roughly does a closing take for you guys? Minimum now about 90 days minimum. Okay. And, and, and that's assuming it goes well. Like, yeah. So, no so, so I would say in a perfect, like I, I would say, the, the number we tell clients typically is about eight weeks for residential homes. Okay. Realistically now, I would say you're looking at at least 10 weeks because we're having, you know, people are backed up. Attorneys are backed up. You attorneys know, are very backed up. Yeah. And getting things scheduled. Locally. Yeah. So it's been kind of a nightmare to get, um, like I'm closing on stuff now and that should have closed well before Christmas Same. and we're just getting to it. And, um, so average you think is still about 90 days. I would say 90 days is a really good deal. Okay. Um, so I would say beyond that, especially because a lot of times, and we find one of the delays, and this isn't a shot at lawyers. My brother is a lawyer. Love them. They're very helpful. But, um, you know, when you have an out-of-town attorney dealing with a local attorney, yeah. Clinton County does things, not that they do it wrong, but, you know, 
it's unique to this area and that's that's anywhere you go mm-hmm. you know doing real estate in clinton county is going to be doing different than doing real estate in tampa florida it's just the way it is um so when you have these large companies who have their own corporate attorney or um you know they have a you know we we push as hard as we can to get them to hire somebody locally because we just find it goes smoother um but you know they don't they don't always like to listen to us, so yeah. we try. Yeah, the, the, I agree with that. The, anytime you have out-of-town banker, out-of-town mm-hmm. attorney, it just adds a little extra. Absolutely. Um, it's the communication's a little bit slower, and also yes. there's a little bit of – the attorneys here all work with each other Excellent. every day. Yes. So they know all the they paralegals, know, they know all yes. the people, and it's it, – And they know the, the forms. You know, we had – one deal we were working on where, you know, the, the legal attorneys just went back and forth over this one affidavit and the local attorney's like, this is, this is standard. Like I, I've never done a deal and not had this sign. And it literally delayed the deal almost a month and a half. Oh my God. And it was just an affidavit. Like yeah. it wasn't, you know, it it's wasn't literally something crazy. you just think you're just going to sign and move on. Yeah. Like no one, no one would have thought that would have been the hiccup that, you know, almost cost us the deal. And Matt and I are just, you know, it's like watching a ping pong match. You're just watching back and forth and there's really not a ton you can do other than, you know, keep sending really nice emails to both attorneys and make sure they don't kill each other. <laughs> kind of thing but um it's just it's it's amazing how um that attention to detail comes back into play and just making sure everybody's on the same page so do you do you find i find that once we hit and i'm going off of an eight-week close now for residential i would say by the start of the sixth week is when we start getting the questions from clients when are we closing when's this like where are we like where are we at and you don't hear anything for the first probably month or or five weeks and then and which is you know logical like hey we're setting up movers we're setting up and then you get to the point where that's when all the communication when you're trying to go back and forth like doesn't happen that well like not not because people aren't but people aren't getting back to each other and it's like this disconnect and then i find that you're playing like this this uh like you said sending nice emails or phone conversations (laughs) where you're trying to like put out the fire but i find in real estate land like we're involved with it but a lot of it is uh, like we can't i hate saying it's not in our hands because i always try to be in a position where we're hold, we we're can hand holding yeah lo- that's time. it like we're trying to basically i kind of look at it as we're bumpers on a bowling alley and we're trying Prodding, to keep the ball yeah. like on the that's on the uh, yeah analogy. we just want to hit the pins and yeah. um but a lot of it is we're just there and it's like you know one of my friends that's in real estate he told me he goes attorneys and banks don't work for me he goes like in, in the nicest way possible because they yeah. just don't work for me. He goes, they're, they're third party people. So right. he goes, we can, we're only as fast as the weakest, like, or the slowest person in a deal. And in real estate, it's not one or two people. It's it could be 10 people right. at least like in this transaction. So do you find that you guys are doing a lot of that or getting a lot of pressure from clients late? Um, I just going from a business community, yeah. you, they're either really laid back or they're really like type a, like, or a, a dominant personality. Like we gotta get this thing done. We, um, I mean, you have clients of all types. So, I mean, I couldn't even begin to categorize (laughs) all of our clients who I love. And, you know, we're very fortunate to have awesome clients, Um, but they're all different personalities. So, but for us, I mean, one of the biggest parts of any of our deals is the due diligence period, because it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not your standard home inspection. I mean, there's a lot, you know, it's, I guess it is, but just on a much bigger scale, you know, when you're looking at a hundred thousand square foot warehouse, there's a lot more roof surface to leak. There's a lot more ground surface and whatnot. So, um, so due diligence is usually the biggest thing. And it's also the biggest, um, unknown variable Mm -hmm. for the most part. So, um, we're pretty good, 
Um, I mean, there's always room for improvement, but we're pretty good about every deal we get. The due diligence goes on a calendar that both Matt and I can see. Um, and we, we're constantly chasing it. So we're constantly saying, hey, did you get that inspection? Hey, have you gone to the bank yet? Because you have to do this in 10 days. And if not, you know, the mm-hmm. contract can be in jeopardy or, you know, did you let us help you get um, an inspector in there or a contractor? There's not a ton of commercial inspectors around here. Actually. I was going to ask you that. Are there, are there some? There are, there are mostly residential ones who will do commercial, okay. but a lot of times what we see is we have them hire their favorite general contractor and look over the building. Okay. So, and that usually, usually works the best um, in our area. Um, we actually had one client recently who was like, no, I want an actual commercial inspector. And we had to go, I think they went to Albany. Oh, wow. I okay. got one. Or maybe Vermont, maybe Burlington. But they traveled a little ways to get here. Um, so we're we're constantly staying on top of that stuff. And then once we get through the due diligence period, but your due diligence period... Is that like a month for you guys? No. Usually it's a minimum of 60 to 90 days. Wow. Just okay. the due diligence period. Wow. And then you have 30 to 45 days to close. So wow, okay. our, our deals take a while to kind of fully complete, for sure. Because we're like two weeks for inspections. I mean, home inspections, yeah. by the time you get through everything, I'd say about two weeks into the deal... There's a, I always tell people if, if a deal falls apart, 90 plus percent of the time is a home inspection issue. Yeah. And once you pass home inspections, the chance it closes is like high nineties. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can still have a couple, I mean, you can have a bank issue, you could have finance yeah. titles, things like that, but it's very rare. Most deals, once you get past home inspection, you take a deep breath. I'm like, okay, now, now we're into the <laughs> bowling alley right. thing. Yeah. And now we're just like rolling this ball down. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. And then I think the amount of stuff that you have to do as an agent, like a real, like a real estate agent mm-hmm. broker, it's not very cut and dry. That's why I always, when I talk to people, I'm like, what's your perfect, like perfect vision of what you should be doing, <laughs> knowing that it's basically, you're just running around like a chicken with your head cut off and putting out fires and, yeah. um, wouldn't have any, like, like that pandemic game we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that you have to be someone that thrives in chaos. Yes. And if you're not in chaos, it almost like, I find if things are too quiet, I get a little like. I get antsy. I get antsy. I get less productive. Yes. Because I'm not used to it. So if you say, hey, you have like all day off, I'm like, okay. And I get done like an hour worth of work where if I'm busy, I'm like that hour worth of work. I get done like five hours worth of work. You're just like. I think some of that though is our generation because when it gets busy at the office, not that Matt gets stressed because he doesn't. It's just, you know, he's so go with the flow. But like it definitely, I see him get antsy. You know, and I'm like, okay, this is great. Like, you know, give me the second to-do list. Like, I'm firing all 10 cylinders. Mm -hmm. And I can remember when my dad was in the office, you know, like those quiet days. He's like, oh, these are the best. This is when I get the most productive. You know, I go in early. And I'm sitting there going, really? Like, on slow days, I'm sitting there going, man, I got like an hour of work done. Like like you, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, when's the next lead coming? (laughs) Yeah, I always, there's stuff I should get done, but that's when I have, that's what like, you know, somebody might drop in and then right. all of a sudden I talk to them for half hour when I'm like, I never would do that on a busy day. Cause I'm, right. I love talking to people, but I'm also, I'm good at small talk when I need to, but mm-hmm. I'm not, but I'm one like during the day, I probably am two to the point sometimes. Cause I'm like, you guys are great. Cause I can just text you and be like, boom, 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 need it right. done. We're off. And like other business people, I get it. And then sometimes I talk with people and they just want to talk and I'm like, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta like and i love talking with people but like my but in my head i'm like oh god i only have like five minutes i got yeah. this i got this i got this i got this and i'm not one where i i have to live a little bit more like present but i'm so like my day-to-day is just 
all over where the podcast is fine because I actually like it because I said two hours. Right. And it's two hours of that. And then all of a sudden exactly. I know it, like when this is done, the rest of the day just follows yeah. Sue. And, you know, I check my phone after and then I see, obviously, I'm, as you will, you'll see a bunch of things come in and be yeah. like, okay, what emails have to rattle off or phone calls I got to do on the car ride home? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think that con- I call it controlled chaos is my life. <laughs> I like and that. I, and I like it. And, I, and it's, there's times that like, do you ever feel that you have enough time in the day? Or does it always just feel like it's, you might do better at managing it. Depa- it depends on the day. Yeah. I mean, there's. Or time night- of the year, maybe. Yeah. You know, but it just depends on what my day is, you know, like, and that's, that's the hard part about our business. Like I said earlier, it goes from zero to 60. So, you know, when that you know, when that lease deal came in earlier this week and there was trouble with our closing on Friday and then the other closing we had got moved, you know, I'm sitting there going, darn, like, you know, I text Eric. I'm like, Hey, you're gonna have to go pick up Noah. Like I need, you know, I need more time in the office and I need to finish up these emails. Mm But, you know, I think, I don't know if I've gotten better at managing it, but I think I've gotten better at telling myself, okay, at the end of the day, I've done all I can do. Like I need to go home and just let it like it'll be there tomorrow. There's not that, many things that are so urgent where I lose sleep over. I don't mean that, that I got to sound weird, but no, I got to get better at that because I, I, I think about stuff too much. I have mm-hmm. a hard time shutting my mind off Yes, to just relax. Mm-hmm. Certain days I do certain times I do, but it's very tough for me. Like when I go home, I really try to like not do anything yeah. and then hang out with the kids for two, three hours before bedtime. There's times though, if it's kind of like downtime, I'll walk by, check my phone. Next thing you know, I'm, I just, a couple texts, a couple emails. Yeah. And it's like, next thing you know, 10 minutes later, you're back. Or maybe not 10, but like five minutes later. Yeah. Um, but then in my head, it's like, okay, they go to bed. I got to check this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Where like, for me, it's like, just do it tomorrow at 8 a.m. Like, yeah. or, or get up early and do it. And like, I, I, it's a balancing act for sure. It's something mm-hmm. I try, I hope I get better at, but realistically it's I think going to be a lifelong struggle yeah. <laughs> of just I know myself I know the way I'm wired um what do you think are you a big reader so that's actually I used to be um not not books that um fiction books right not like uh non which is probably what I should read um but you should read non-fiction <laughs> or you should read fiction I should read non-fiction okay right that's like histor- like I don't read historical okay, stuff. Okay, no, I, yeah, no, it's like, fine. I, I, I just want. I always get those two confused. It's one of my. Right, right. Fiction's, one of my... Ma- fiction's made up. Like that's yeah. A, okay, yeah. That, so that's I read... Harry Potter. Yes, thank yeah. you. Okay, <laughs> so I was right. Um, yeah, so I read. I read mostly fiction. Um, I used to read a lot more, and actually, this year was one of my New Year's resolutions was to start reading more. So I'm almost done my first book of 2021, but um, it's fiction. So I think reading's good no matter what. I do, um, I do try, I mean, I definitely try to stay up to date on current events and stuff Mm -hmm. as much as it bothers me a lot of times lately to read about it. But, um, and then of course I try to stay up to date on local stuff, but I definitely could definitely read more. So. Well, I wasn't, have you read your dad's books? (laughs) So. Oh, if you don't, don't. (laughs) No, but. Mark, shut this off right now if you're listening. (laughs) No, he knows. No, but because he talks to me the whole time he's writing them. Yeah. So, like, I already know the plots. I mean, we, we he, you know, the first book, he actually bounced ideas. Are they fiction books? Yes, they're okay. historical fiction. Okay. So, you know, the first book, he bounced ideas off of me, and he's already writing the third one, and, you know, I get 
we FaceTime every day so he can see Noah. Um, so I get daily updates on the books. So yeah. I really don't feel like I have to read them. I got to I gotta pick some up. I, I'm sure I can get them on Amazon. Yes. And yeah. oh my gosh, please leave a review or I'll never hear the end of it. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to go on because I, I have a lot of books and I, I like reading. The problem is I just, I don't make time to it's read. It's hard to find the time. Yeah, and it's like that when I have time to read... I'm the like I. It's like I hang out with the kids, and if I'm not, the right. kids go to bed. Like I want to hang out with Gina, so it's like I could read at night. I, during the day, I try to, but then I have that conscience of if I'm not doing something. Like I find that reading for me is entertainment. Yeah, it's a luxury. And which yeah, we and don't it, always have the time to do. Well, my I was having this conversation with someone yesterday. I'm like, I don't. I try not to do stuff or spend money on something that I don't feel is an investment. So if it's something for fun, like. If I like, I have a drone over there. I bought a drone because I look at that as like that's something that's it's recreational, but I know I can use it as a business thing. Where if you told me just to go buy something like buying this stuff, I think I will buy it. It's fun. It's cool, but it allows me to do something right for business. If you were to say, "Hey, go buy something fun just for the fun sake of it," I have a hard time justifying the spending. Books are the same thing. Like I want to read, but I find that if I if I spend a half hour reading, I'm taking away a half hour I could be doing work here right. or at home with the kids. And that's like my couple focuses in life where I have a ton of books I want to read. Because I also look at it. It is investment. It is teaching yourself. Right. But to sit down for an hour, half hour, and I'm a slow reader. So <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a speed reader. Are you? Well, yeah. Uh, I read I read really fast. Like, yeah. One of my things that I'm most jealous of people, Nicole, who works here, uh-huh. can read. I gave her a book to read one day. She came back half hour later and gave it to me. Yeah. And I'm like. I mean, the book I'm working on is like. 450 pages and I've I've actually sat down to read only three times and I, I have like 50 pages left so I'm I, I, if I learned I, that in high school though and my you, dad worked with me on that like just learning how to speed so he read. can speed read he can speed read I gotta I, I want to take a course in this or just I'm sure you can I'm sure there's ways that, I'm sure yeah and and one of the things I'm not just to read books but just to like glance through like re, like papers and just like mm-hmm. to, to read through it and like skim it and get it I know the concept behind it yeah like, I know the idea behind it but you gotta you, be careful though, because like it's like batching words together. And yeah, essentially, it's picking up the big words. But like, it bites me in the butt sometimes though, because like we're reading contracts, and you don't want to speed read a contract. Like yeah. you want to make sure you're reading every word. So I have the opposite problem. Like I have to tell myself to slow down. So can you comprehend the, what you're reading? Yes. By reading, like, because Nicole said the same thing. You don't read the us, does, ats. Like you just read the chunks, and you kind of like yeah. But to me, it's like, do you just get the, the the gist of it? Or is like the English language that predictable that you know that it's going to be uh, the, you know, whatever? Because what, like, what about if said he, he said, she said, and there's two characters and like you read through it quick and like you might think, maybe I'm looking too much into this. Like, no, in but, the beginning of a book, that's harder. But once you get into the book, like you kind of just know the characters. Mm-hmm. At least I feel like I do. So it's pretty sense. easy to see who's saying what. Like you just, it's part of that identity. It, I don't think speed reading is necessarily the best thing when you're in business, you know? So like, cause like I said, you, that you want that attention to detail. You want to yeah. read every word of that contract. So it works great when you want to read luxury books, but speed reading is like a superpower that I wish I had. <laughs> and, I know, and like anybody that has it, I automatically get like a little, I do get jealous and envy and I'm envious. And I'm like, what? It, I know it's not that hard. I, I know you can learn it. It's a skill you can learn. And I just, The more you read. I mean, I, I was a voracious reader as a kid. I mean, I would read all the time. Like, I wish that I had never gotten into Netflix or social media because I'd probably still read more. But So are you bad at, okay, so like social media, is that something that you spend a lot of time on? Uh, too much time on it. Are you like an Instagram Always. scroller? 
Instagram stroller, Facebook, TikTok. Absolutely. Really? Oh, yeah. I shouldn't be, but yeah. So I got... My poor husband. He I, listens to all those stupid songs all the time. He's like, are you done? <laughs> on TikTok? So, my, so TikTok was one I tried to get into it. I purposely haven't because people get sucked into it. It's like Pinterest. You know, you get sucked into oh, like... yeah. I like Pinterest too. So I don't go on Pinterest. I don't go on TikTok. I don't... I'm probably the most guilty on... The, actually, the two social media channels that I go on the most is Instagram and YouTube. Okay. I'm a big YouTube guy. So like so I don't watch Eric. A, I, I yeah, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I watch a lot of YouTube. Okay. And cuz it's I think it's my attention span. I can watch a 10-minute video, yeah. but if you have me sit down for like an hour show, I'm like I get fidgety. <laughs> and then and literally if I watch a movie, I'm on my phone yeah. while the movie's going on researching we watched a movie the other day. First time I've ever seen the Truman show. Okay. Everybody's like, "Oh, have you ever seen that?" No. Very very like Yeah, I just never saw it. And I kind of knew of it, but it's it's a very kind of a mind trippy movie. So I'm sitting there watching it and I'm on the Wikipedia page, re- like looking up the thing. And then I researched Jim Carrey and then I find another character and I research her and I'm like, well, then this guy, and I'm like, Oh, he was in this movie. Great. So I researched that you movie. You and Eric can watch movies together. Like I never pay, what he does. <laughs> I don't pay attention to the movie. I'm like, I'm Wikipedia like the behind the scenes. Like I'm like, Hey Gene, do you know that they, they film this in a town down here? And then I look up the town and I did a deep dive into town. I'm on Google maps looking at the town. This is me for this whole movie. And I'm like, which is probably why I never, I don't know, I can't sit still, but, um, so Instagram, do you go down the black hole of Instagram where it's like you click on something to click on something and then um, once you go back, you find out you're like 10 pages deep? Not necessarily, no. I, this probably sounds really silly. I, I like looking at all the fashion. It's like, no, not that I'm a really crazy. I follow golf stuff. So yeah, you're, yeah. like it, that's, I, you know, I'm not huge into sports. So, you know, TikTok and Instagram feeds, they're both like filled with horses, um, mom stuff and uh, fashion stuff, which is ironic considering most of the time I'm in jeans and a sweater. But um, you know, I like I like the idea of it. I'm like, oh wow, that looks really cool, or oh wow, I could pull that off, or that's in, you know. But I never actually. It's it, just a. It's kind of funny when you go through what people actually look at on <laughs> right? Instagram. Like they go into categories. Like like mine's like golf, business, and I have my friends. But beyond yeah. my friends, it's golf and business, and that's pretty much it like right. i said i don't i don't really follow yeah i mean it's 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 limited and it's very uh like i don't follow like i don't follow i used to follow a lot of sports and now as you get older it's like you can't right like i don't know anything about baseball football i kind of follow but i i mean i know enough to follow it but yeah. like i don't know the players i've never been into sports and not even like professional horseback riding people either like i've never really followed do, it do you do the horse like the horse jumping like equestrian I did, yeah were yeah. you you actually took part in that? Like you you were a horse jumper? Yeah, I used to compete. Okay. Oh yeah. Like what about the one down in Lake Placid? They used to have an open show that I did, but I never did the big rated I Love New York show. And and that that one's professional level, I'm yes. assuming. Yep. So rated you get into professional, open is considered just amateurs. Okay. And that's I mean, is that you jump pretty high on those things? Because I've seen that like on ESPN where they're like fully jumping, but that might be the yeah, professional level when they're over. The, like, definitely. I mean, they have that height at amateur level too. The highest I've ever shown jump um, or jumped in a show is three feet, but I've jumped as high as four, four, four at the barn, four see, and a half. That four. seems high to me. It's very high. <laughs> like how high can horses jump? I feel like the record's like eight foot something. Like it's high. Really? Yeah. Like I I'm, mean, that's the door. My God. Right? So, but yeah. the, I feel like that's like world record. I mean, most of the time, and they do it in, like when you get to the professional level, I think it's in meters. So that always kind of throws me off. Yeah. 
But like local shows, you know, like what we did around here. And then when we ventured off into Vermont and um, we did some collegiate shows in St. Lawrence and uh, Lake Placid, your bigger jumps are like three feet, three foot six. Like those are your higher end. I, I think of a hurdler. Like I think of like a human hurdler. Like yeah. <laughs> we at least have the mechanics to like move your leg up to the side. Like horses, their feet just go back, right? It's not like they go, they can't split. They can't like, no. So and their th- knees are opposite, right? No. Don't horses knees come in, not back? Oh, well, yeah, they're back legs. They're hawks. Yeah, they come. Like they're angled like this, not like our knees like this. Yes. I mean, I guess you could inverse that yeah. however you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, they have like, it's, they have a lot of power though. Like they're, so the power, it's a bit of a misconception, but like when you see a horse jump, a lot of people think they're pulling themselves up. They're actually pushing themselves up from their back end. Okay. So like they bring their front legs up, but that power to get over the jump is actually propelled from their butt and like pushed up. Cause the thing with horses, they're one of the leanest animals out there. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, like, they're impressive. Like when, when you look you at a really horse and you can just see it. like the musculature of like yeah. their legs and they're like, obviously like they're torso and yeah. um and they only eat hay right hay and grain yeah so i mean they right. got a, a plant-based diet but it just seems incredible how like muscular they are for just they're, eating they're treated like athletes i mean we've been to some barns um i'm my best friend is actually matt's daughter andy and she's into horses as well and she teaches as well um and she's quite an accomplished equestrian um so when we but we've been to barns where i mean like these horses stalls have like mattress pads that are nicer than, you know, any pillow top that you or I sleep on. And they're, you know, they have people cleaning the bars on their stall and getting the dust off. So and, this is like really show. These are like, Oh yeah. And they, you know, they go swimming like twice a week. So they don't have to have so much like you stress on their joints. I mean, they're, they're treated like absolute athletes. They get vitamin injections. They get now is this horse racing or is this equestrian. This is anything equestrian. Wow. Like when you get high up, it doesn't matter what genre you get into, whether it's Western racing, show jumping. So when you see like the Kentucky Derby, those horses, I mean, obviously are treated like rock stars. Yes. Um, Pampered or whatever you want to call Uh, it. Like, no, absolutely. You nailed it. Like they are total rock stars. Have you, and I, you're going to say yes to this. I know, but like, I just found out within the year that horses have horse chiropractors. Oh yeah. That's huge. And I didn't realize this. And massage. Like massage. Yes. Yeah. So when we... So we went to a friend's uh, barn um, in West Jay-Z, and she does horse, you probably know her, but she does a lot of horse stuff, and Mm -hmm. she was showing us, and Gina does massages. She was talking about, like, she's like, oh, I know people that do animal massages. So she's like, oh, yeah, we have someone that comes in, like, once a month for Cairo. And the daughter goes up, and the horse takes its neck and goes like this, and like this, and they basically, like, crack the neck or realign the neck. And I'm like, this is absolutely incredible. And the right? horse knew exactly what's because the horse just goes yeah. and like pulls his neck over and you hear this big like crack pop. And I'm like, like it almost to the point, like I went to Cairo yesterday. Like, oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> like I wish that was me doing it. But Can you do me next? <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's incredible. Like I didn't yeah. realize, which I mean, it sounds like there's veterinarians and stuff and there's horse vets. And you yeah. think about all the stuff that animals have that it makes sense that they would have a chiropractor. I mean, they're, they're animals. They have, right. you know, bones and they have, you know, skeletal, you know, structure and, um, so, I mean, is that something you're been, you don't do, I mean, do you do it? Cause you probably could self do that to a horse, right? Um, I mean, I small stuff, maybe small stuff. Like I, I vaguely remember I sat, I was at a camp once and they had a chiropractor come. Um, and like, I just remember some of the things, but to be very honest, my horse is happily retired. So he's just, you know, eating 
my money and just enjoy yeah enjoying life how how old is your horse he's going to be 20 next month wow yeah what's the lifespan um for him he's probably going to outlive me just you know in spite um but it depends on the horse most horses though 20s wow okay 20s but you've had it since a little girl uh him i've had for it'll be 15 years in february that's crazy yeah he was a off the track thoroughbred so he used to race um so so thoroughbred is that the normal like that's your normal racing horse yeah so when you see like the kentucky derby those are all thoroughbreds and then the clydesdales i always think of the budweiser commercial because they're the huge horse have you ever been near clydesdale yes and they're big i'm assuming they're awesome they're um, awesome. But they're not a racing horse. They're no; those are more like work horses, pulling horses. But every once in a while, you'll see at a horse show, um, you know, some kind of a draft breed running around the show pen. And then, what's the difference between a thoroughbred and a Clydesdale? Um, so thoroughbreds, the best way I can describe thoroughbreds are those kids in high school that eat whatever they want and they never gain any weight, yeah. and they're like crazy athletic for the most part. That's a thoroughbred. <laughs> Clydesdale is just that like really fun uncle that is just laid back and chilled kind of like a Newfoundland maybe like if you put it in dog breeds but like just you know super lazy doesn't want to do anything and then you have your then you have your quarter horses which is a pretty common breed quarter horses are paints around here and those are like your your smaller they're, they can be a little smaller. Um, then, uh, sorry, smaller than thoroughbreds? Yeah. Okay. Thoroughbreds are usually tall and gangly, like mm-hmm. like lanky. So my thoroughbred is 16-2 hands. And there's four inches in a hand. I can't do the math. But like if he has his head up, I'm six feet tall. I can walk right under his head. Like if he's standing, oh, wow. yeah, if he's standing okay. up, like I can walk under his chin and I'm not going to touch him. Wow, okay. Like. No offense, you wouldn't be able to see over his back. Oh no, I have no yeah. chance. I'm, you, you are, so you are six foot. Yeah. Okay. I, w- I wasn't sure. I'm like, I knew you were tall, but um, yeah. Whereas thoroughbred or um, quarter horses paints, they 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 can be bigger. I mean, it, it's purely on breed, but they're like your labs and your um, golden retrievers. Like they're the family pet. Usually, they're really chilled. Anybody can ride them. Whereas thoroughbreds are definitely more hyper. Like, and what about the little ponies, like mini horses? Ponies are evil. Is, is, is a mini horse a pony mm. or a donkey? Are they all different? Donkey's totally different. I mean, that's a whole different animal. Or like a mule? Mule is a donkey and a horse mix. Oh, okay. okay. Right? Like I didn't know that. That's good. I, didn't, I never knew that. <laughs> um, pony. So ponies are any horse, any, yeah, any horse under 14 two hands. So it's just based on size. For, and hands is a unit of measurement. Yes. Okay. So a pony and then a mini horse. Is there such thing as a mini horse? No. There's a pony. They just like a slang term would be it's a mini horse because it looks small. Yeah, I guess mini mini horse, mini pony, they're used pretty interchangeably. But I believe in order to be a mini, they have to be under a certain height too. I don't know what the regulation is, but it's, it's another certain height requirement. And then they're considered mini. Okay. So I ha- my it's, first my first horse was a pony. Well, yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm starting to think about it, but it's, I never knew a mule was a, was like a uh, a crossbreed. I'm pretty sure. No, you're probably. I, I I have no knowledge on it. So I even if not, just say it confidently, and I'll <laughs> yeah, agree with right. you. But like that sounds. If anybody's great. listening to this, they disagree. Just let me know. Don't, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, don't Wikipedia that or don't Google right. it. But we're, yeah, I'm fairly certain. Take our word. Um. So, do you have any? Pl- I guess going forward, a couple more questions. Do you have any plans going forward with you know, obviously you're in CDC, but with the 
you know, the three companies you have? Is this stuff that you're, you know, you still like to do, still yeah. want to do it for a long time? Is there stuff that you want to get into? Is there things that you want to, things you want to accomplish going forward? Again, knowing that you're going to be involved for many, many decades, <laughs> I would think. Um, we are going to open back up Porsches in Motion this year. Um, it's a much smaller scale, but I, um, I, I do miss teaching. I miss my kids and it's, um, like you said, it, it's very rewarding to me. Um, so that, that's important that I keep that kind of moving as much as I can, as long as I can do it mm-hmm. and I have the time to do it. Um, so that'll, that'll keep going. Um, I'm pretty content with bearing company and where it is. I've done some other stuff in the past with it. We did, um, we actually worked with other businesses to get their women business enterprise designation. Um, I helped, um, I did a feasibility study for, um, a non-for-profit. I actually helped a non-for-profit get their 501c3. So I've done, I've done a couple different things. Um, but I feel like I have, especially with, you know, um, a baby and whatnot, I have enough on my plate. I don't necessarily at this point in time have this burning desire to grow that. Um, I'm definitely, you know, planning to grow in my position at CDC. And Mm -hmm. I think, not that Matt is by any means trying to run out the door. Well, some days, but for the most <laughs> part, you know, I mean, he's really happy. So I don't see him leaving anytime soon, but I mean, I know there's going to come a point where he wants to slow down. Yep. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, I can step up and take over that, that section. So, and then ironically, um, I got thinking about property management a lot recently. Really? And that's kind of intrigued me a little bit. So I've, I've started to do a little bit of research on it, not a ton. Um, and I, you know, I don't have any plans or anything like that, but I did, you know, in my mind, I was like, Oh, that could be a nice compliment to CDC down the road in some way or form. Especially in the commercial space too. I don't know if I, I always find that there's two things that being in real estate that are always hard to find. Mm -hmm. And people ask me all the time is rentals and property managing and it's like i'm probably about the same level as most people i might have a little bit more knowledge but not a lot because a lot of it's you know both of those are done more privately yeah um like when i talk like leases for business and stuff i'm like there's not really a good database for housing and um you can go to apartments.com there's some stuff there's a few i have like a landlord list that i literally just like i give to people and say hey here's that like Here's 15 landlords that I know yeah. have multiple properties. Give them a call and see if they have something. But it, there's not a really good system. Mm-hmm. I wish there was a more you know database where people would put it on. But like again, if you're a someone that's renting out an apartment or a building, a lot of times it's just you put up a sign or put some ad out, and then right. you don't want to pay like a, a transactional fee or exactly. something to a you know a commission. But yeah, the uh, property managing, I I'm sure you would have business because it always seems like you can never find them, and a lot of the ones yeah. that have. Are in property man or our property managers seem like they're always booked. Like I'm good, mm-hmm. um, so that could work. I mean, yeah, that's always that's something I, I got. I think explore. it's something that would be needed, especially at some point, because I think some property managers, as they age out too, yeah, you know, it's natural that fill the void. <laughs> um, so, last question for you, Alex. I have is what is your um, not to be too cliche, but I think you know, being still fairly young you know i still consider us young professionals yeah. you know we're not we're not super old i'm gonna hold on to that for a yeah while. i was gonna say yeah. i like i like it if someone <laughs> calls me young and then once they say that i'm starting to look old i'm gonna shave at that point and i'll be like <laughs> pulling the curtain like Ta-da, i'm actually Surprise. i'm actually a little younger than i i look um or than i am look younger than i am so um what is like your key over the last 
tw- uh, well, I'll say the last 10 years professional, like where, where's your key to success that you think that you found? And I find that if you ask me at age 20 to age 30, I think I'm completely different. I have a completely different mindset. I'm more mature. I'm more, I'd say established in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things have like, you know, as 20, you're like, I don't know where I'm going to live, who I'm going to marry, where I'm going to, you know, right. all, all, where I'm going to work. Um, now at 30, I'm very clear on what I want in most of those. So, um, having looked at the last, you know, of your life so far, what do you think the key to success for you is right now? And obviously this is going to change as you get older, but like currently what, what are some things that you focus on or you think have attributed to where you're you are today? And this could be professionally, this could be, um, you know, yeah. your family. I think, um, one, having an awesome support system. So having a awesome partner in life, my husband, having an awesome partner at work, Matt, and then, you know, always having my dad and my mom as my mentors and and many other business people in the Mm -hmm. community as mentors. So I think that's a really big thing. Um, I think even though I still think there's quite a room for improvement, just, I think I've gained confidence like anybody, you know, you start to feel like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I guess I do know what I'm doing in this, in this role. So that's definitely helped. And, um, and I got a lot of that from the horse world, right? So my first, I was first known as the horse girl. I wasn't really known as the real estate person, mm-hmm. but I quickly became very confident in the horse world because I, I feel like I've, I'm a very good horse person and I'm, I've become quite the expert on it. Um, so I would say more so the last five years, I've really been trying to put that into the business world. Mm-hmm. So becoming the real estate girl, not the horse girl anymore. So kind of switching off roles. Um, I think, you know, um, communication is huge, but I also think just stepping back and realizing that it is a small town and going back to, you know, just always being honest and open communication, you know, we just, we just can't afford to not have that. So, and building those relationships, just all those things. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's good. I think the big thing, like the big, your big takeaway is, you know, like I said, um, relationships and then growing the confidence. Yes. Um, do you find just piggyback off quick having, been a position of you know obviously training people and and uh, working with people in the horse realm like and being a teacher even though the i'm a your students are younger right they're all ages so even adults yep okay so um do you find that being in that position that has been a good confidence booster into the real estate realm do you find there's a takeaway because it yes so so the way the reason i'm asking that is i didn't have a ton of confidence. I got into, I was coaching and I remember at the time the, um, the coach at Shazy, mm-hmm. he had, I was working with Rob and Rob goes, listen, I want you to do, um, work with the JV. And I was intimidated. I was 21 years old, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember him saying, he goes, I think this would be a good thing for you to do, especially yeah. in work and kind of, you know, gain confidence and speak in front of people. Then you start speaking in front of 15 to 20, you know, 13, 14 year old boys, 15 year old boys every single day yeah. got me used to speaking in front of people. And then I became, you know, not great, but I was, a, I was more of an expert in soccer than they were. Right. And then it kind of transitioned to where I got more confident speaking in front of people in real estate. And then as you learn more in real estate, I got more confident. So now I can, I have no problem speaking in front of people if it's something I know. And I know real estate, like, you know, horses right. in real estate. And I know like, so, but do you find that because the, the horse, you know, you being the, the head honcho at the horse, you know, you were the top <laughs> right. person. Did that transition into now real estate, even though you might not think directly, but indirectly through? No, I, yes. 
is the short answer. And I think because at the end of the day, those skills that you're learning, whether it's in the horse world, the real estate world, or in the soccer world, they're all the same skills. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you really take them apart, you know, being confident, making eye contact, you know, being honest and having that clear communication. I mean, Mm -hmm. those are all skills that you can apply anywhere. It doesn't matter what, what you're going into. So yes, I also think that, um, at least for me, you know, entrepreneurship to me is a lot of creating something out of nothing. So, you know, when I started Horses Emotion, I sat down with my dad and made a business plan. And my goal was 10 kids a month. Okay. At my peak, I was teaching 150 kids a month. And like, when you look back, you're like, okay, I did that. Like, I grew that, right? So if anything, it gives me the confidence to say, okay, this, even though it is a new adventure and you're going to go through some learning curves and it's going to be scary, like you already did it once, so you can do it again. Yes. No, I that lo- makes sense. A hundred percent. Okay. And, and I, and I like the, I, I like the idea. Do you, do you look back a lot at your accomplishments or are you just very much like it's done move forward? No, I look, I mean, I'm not as good about it as I used to be, but I used to do a business plan every year, mm-hmm. um, and look back at old ones and just kind of remind myself hey, you know, you might think that this is, you know, you're not making enough steps or you're not doing this. Well, you know, two years ago, you would have killed for this. Yeah. And, you know, the same thing goes with, um, you know, real estate. You know, I look at, you know, even just five years ago, right? I mean, I would have would have loved to be on the board. I would have loved to been, you know, on the executive committee and now I'm the treasurer as well. So like, you know, you look back and you're like, man, this is what I wanted. And, and this year, especially too, um, you know, COVID was kind of nice. It gave Matt a chance to really give me a lot of extra stuff. Um, and it's stuff that, um, you know, like broker opinion of values, we do that Mm -hmm. a lot. And, um, you know, he used to always write it out, do the numbers and I would just type it up. Well, now he's like, okay, here you go. Let me know what your final number is and we'll compare notes. And like, you know, before it was, you know, three out of 10 times I'd get it right. And then now it's like nine out of 10 times I'm guessing the same number he is. So I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, less corrections. Woo-hoo, that, improving. <laughs> Matt's saying the same thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, I think, I think that's great. I think, uh, like I said, it's, um, you're just someone I've always, even though we're not, we're very close, even though we're not, we are kind of thing. So yeah, it's like, absolutely. I always look at younger people in the real estate space because I know what you're going through. Like we have real estate we're like a breed of our own i think sometimes Absolutely. and you kind of you kind of know the people that are in it is a certain type of person yeah and uh <laughs> you have to be in a, in, yeah in a, in, a, in a good way i know like like i said we joke about like drinking coffee and just like just going 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 but um i i find i can relate a lot to people that are in real estate and i find younger people especially in our situation being second generation yeah our experiences are very similar yeah and it's Absolutely. uh it's always cool so um like i said i'm always um keeping an eye on you guys and i just i no, Obviously, I, I I know you're, um, well, I know Matt fairly well now, you know, having <laughs> dealt with him. And, and again, I know, I know your, um, your dad, you know, just from a couple few years, well, about probably a decade ago, but, yeah. um, no, I definitely would want to, if he's in town, let me yes, know. Cause I would, I, he's on my list. I always tell people I have like a, I'll give a you running email and you can email him. Perfect. Cause be... I'm on, I'm on a running list of people that I want to have on the show. So it's kind of, he's like in the, oh good he's in the thing and I just never, cause he was low key jealous when I told him I was doing it. He's like, you're doing a podcast. Do you think you'd want to talk about my book? I'm like, I'll ask him. Well, go. I mean, I, I want to talk about his book, but I also want to talk about <laughs> the, like, I mean, I, I'm always fascinated by like 
because we're in the business field now, but like when we were kids, I had no recollection of what was going on. But then you start hearing these guys talk about like the base closing and you start talking about like the, you know, the last 30, 40 years of history of art, which is what got us to where we are now. And it's, I like, I'm always looking forward, but I do like to look at the past and kind of see trends and then say, okay, like we, a lot like history, they say history repeats. It does like, like themes repeat themselves in different, you know, so I kind of like talking to people back in that generation you know, I'm not aging your father, no, no, no. Mark, 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 you're still a young, young spry <laughs> man. Um, you had a bunch more books left in you. So, but it's the idea that we can, uh, you know, I like learning that. So I, I have a lot of questions, especially about books too, because I do like books. Um, no, I think you'd be a good one to look, talk to. It's interesting you say that because I grew up listening to those stories and now I'm living it. So it's, it's kind of funny to, to think about that sometimes. When I remember my dad talking about red carpet days and going to the board meetings and dealing with clients. And when he, I vaguely remember him when he was at park and, and now I'm doing all those things. It's if, weird. <laughs> if you go on YouTube, hometown cable, just put out a bunch of videos from park meetings back in like the mid nineties. Okay. And your dad, I think was, I'm assuming the chairperson cause he was running the meeting. He ran it for two years. Yeah. So it might've been, the years, it might've been the two years he was there. And, yeah. uh, it was just funny cause there's a few good people that you, you would know, still recognize to this day. Oh, and sure. they're, you know, and it's so funny just watching them at this board meeting and you know, the old like hometown cable like <laughs> footage and, <laughs> Um, so of course now I'm sitting there, I'm like watching, I'm like, I feel like I'm like this old man watching the news now. Like I'm watching like common council meetings on my computer. I I gotta watch something else. I can't, I mean, it's good. good. It's good stuff. And I'm like, I'm literally sitting there like I'm turning into like my father, my (laughs) grandfather. So, um, Alex, if people want to reach out to you, how do they do? Um, how do they get in contact with you? If they have commercial real estate, how do they get in touch with you guys? You can call our office, CDC Real Estate, uh, 800-545-8125. And of course, you can check out our website, www.cdcrealestate.com. And ask for Alex. Yes. And if Matt picks up, still ask for Alex. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Um, that is episode 114 of the Galen Trombley Show. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.